Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. CeraVe facial moisturizers with SPF protect skin against damaging UV rays and continuously deliver three essential ceramides to help restore skin's protective barrier so it can lock in moisture. Non-greasy, fragrance-free, and won't clog pores? With CeraVe, skin feels hydrated and looks healthy all day. CeraVe facial moisturizers with SPF from the number one dermatologist recommended facial moisturizer brand. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat-up old running shoes, Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Olive Magazine podcast, a weekly slice of food and drink chat brought to you by the team behind Olive Magazine. I'm Janine, Olive's food director and podcast host, and this is episode 182. On this first podcast of 2020, I'm getting some inspiration from Charlie Watson, runner, cook, dietitian, and author of a new book which promises to help runners improve their performance through some great recipes and eating advice, regardless of whether you're a beginner or a seasoned marathon finisher. So if you're thinking about lacing up your running shoes this new year, give this one a listen. Welcome to the podcast, Charlie Watson. Thank you very much. <laughs> Happy New Year. And to you. Yeah. <laughs> um, Charlie's just written a great book called Cook, Eat, Run, um, which aims to give recipe inspiration and sensible nutritional advice to people who are runners like me. Yeah. So really excited to be reading it. Um, how did you come about to write this book? When, when did you start your running journey? Um, I started running about seven, eight years ago um, after I'd signed up for the London Marathon. Okay. Um, it's a bit of reverse. What, you, si- you signed up for a marathon as your first running thing? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, genuinely didn't even know how far a marathon was at that point. But um, I wanted to do something big in yeah. memory of one of my friends, raise money for a mental health charity. Um, and a marathon seemed just about the biggest thing that I could could do. That so massive. Yeah. And then, I mean, what happened? Did you start training in earnest or did you? Yeah, so I got a call from mine to say that I had got a place and they asked me how my training was going. And I was like, yeah, really well. Um, And then went out (laughs) for my first run that evening and genuinely made it to the end of my road before I had to pretend to stretch against a post box because I'd gone out way too fast Um, and found a training plan and built up literally from one mile to 26.2. Yeah. 
that is, I mean, did, what training plan did you do? When I first started running, I did couch to 5K. Oh, I, yeah. So I wasn't doing a marathon at that point. But I do remember the first runs that I did um, were just unbelievable. Like, couldn't breathe. Yeah. Couldn't believe that anyone could run for longer than, like, three minutes. No. I, was, I was literally like, I don't understand how people can just run. No. I don't understand it. And I think it's <laughs> often because... The only time we run if we're not runners in our adult life is, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Or when you're late to something and then it's like a full out sprint in uncomfortable shoes, carrying bags and, um, you know, you get on the bus and you're a hot mess and you're Mm. panting and it's so embarrassing. And I think we, when we first start running, often that's the speed that we go out at and we don't know why we can't kind of um, maintain it for very long. Yeah. Where the best advice I was given that is your body is a metronome and once you can find a pace that you're semi-comfortable so with, true. you yeah. can kind of keep going for quite a long time at yeah. that pace, no matter how slowly or fast it is for your body. Yeah, that's true. Um, but I did the Hal Higdon, I think it was like a 20-week beginner marathon training plan, oh, okay. um, which I found was great. It was a lot of just miles without specific paces so it was yeah. just because it's I had no idea what mi- I was doing yeah the mileage in, yeah, yeah so I literally found like a 5k route and built up but lit- I started at one mile I actually embarrassingly paid a personal trainer to come and run with me at first because I didn't know how to run I thought it was something that you needed to learn how to do <laughs> I mean you kind of do in a way but yeah you don't necessarily need a personal trainer no <laughs> no you definitely don't but I was just so so naive and so unaware of where to even start yeah so when did you start becoming interested in how your diet was kind of affecting your performance because I know you've got a background in food anyway don't you yes yeah so I I put on weight during that first marathon training cycle I've heard that from a few people actually because you're so hungry when you get back from your 18 mile run your 20 mile run that you raid the cupboard yeah. and you kind of think well I've run so many miles I've earned yeah, whatever it's I fine, want don't you? it's like I'm, this is my reward <laughs> yeah exactly and to a certain extent I still um kind of I'm of that mindset but I was eating like a whole packet of chocolate fingers and okay. um <laughs> the, and a jacket potato and this and that and um I I went online to try and find out more information because, you know, Googling why have I put on weight during marathon training? Like I'm running all these miles. Why am I, why is it not just dropping off? And found there was so much information that it was overwhelming. And so that's when I started doing a bit more research, trying to incorporate some of the more sensible advice that I felt like I'd found into my training. Um, And yeah, lost Lost the weight, although it was that was a more of a byproduct from the fact that yeah. I also changed my eating habits and my training yeah, yeah, yeah. habits. So you for were my actually next eating better. It wasn't a case of like you were starving yourself, obviously. No, just, no, no. And also, just I was like feeling in a different way. Yeah, and it was having an adverse effect on your on your body. Yeah. Well, just that I, you know, when quite simply, when you're carrying extra weight, it's yeah. harder to run. It's and harder to run. Yeah. My my brother in law um, is an avid marathon runner, and he he gets down to his waist right race weight yeah because he's he reckons it takes like minutes off yeah his time. well if you think about you know putting extra kilo bags yeah, of sugar in yeah, your rucksack yeah. and then yeah. running with that um but also you just perform better when your body is well fueled yeah so during my first marathon I didn't know that you were supposed to take in any energy during the race so okay. I had a few Harry Bow from you know people on the sidelines <laughs> the only time it's okay to take yeah. food from strangers <laughs> um and had some Lucozade yeah 
and massively hit the wall at mile 20 had Gee, no energy oh was oh there's a photo of me just death staring my mum yeah um did you, you made it though I did did yeah um thanks to one of my friends who I was running with who was but like those last six miles must have been they were hell. awful yeah. and I, I was I had blisters and it was it was awful I can't believe I wanted to do it again when I finished but I finished thinking I bet I could do that faster and so I changed a lot between my first and my second marathons mm. most notably that I actually took energy gels during my second yeah. marathon and didn't although I did hit a point where I wanted to cry yeah. I it was nowhere near as bad yeah um, I mean, we'll talk all about the fueling and refueling and energy gels and stuff later. But I'm, what I'm really interested in is um, you've recently just graduated as a registered dietitian, yeah. which um, for people that don't know is not a nutritionist. No. It's actually a um, it's a it's a huge qualification involving. I mean, tell us tell us about it because it is. Um, yeah. yeah. So this is my second degree. So I was um, yeah. a mature student. So to get onto this course I had to go and do the equivalent of biology and chemistry A level because I have humanities <laughs> A levels from yeah. you know 10 years ago um so I did that for a year and yeah. then I it was a four-year course when I was doing it some of them are three now including okay. um three hospital placements right. so I spent nearly seven months in hospitals yeah. working as a dietitian or you know as a student dietitian yeah. as part of the course and it's very clinical a lot focused on um, more of a like medicinal approach to yeah. diets yeah. rather than like a general well-being. Yeah. Um, so what is the difference between dietitianish and a nutritionist? Um, so one of the main differences is that a dietitian is a like a protected uh, term. It's a, like um, a protected qualification, whereas mm. anyone can call themselves a nutritionist. Okay. In general, this is very generalized. Dietitians look after people that are unwell, whereas nutritionists look after like the well. Okay. But dietitians can work across both. Yeah. Um, and you do have a clinical registered nutritionist who mm. can who do. It's just a much more protected term. Um, but it also means that you're coming from a position of, there's, there's a lot of misinformation yeah. out there so ours is all evidence-based yeah. as, as a dietitian <laughs> you have basically. yes it has to be evidence-based yeah. it has to be backed up with with trained Clinical studies yeah, and, yeah exactly so we I've written a dissertation um where it's an NHS funded course or it was when I was doing it so it's yeah. a lot of it is what the NHS yeah. guidelines say the nice guidelines mm. that we follow um yeah and we have to make sure that we like everything that we advise and suggest is backed up. So when you came to write this book, I mean, that's quite a lot of like thing to, to carry, isn't it? I mean, you've, you've literally like, you're not, you're not just throwing stuff out there willy nilly. You're like everything I put in this book has yeah. to have some kind of like, I was so nervous backup. about that. Yeah. Say, yeah. So I made sure that everything that, I, you know, that everything I could back up and have a long list of studies that I've used and also make, had somebody else um, was that was say, a dietitian fact check. Did you get yeah. them to check it yeah. Because well? um, there was a couple of things like there's new, obviously new mm. information and studies all out the all the time. Yeah, yeah. So it was making sure that it was relevant for now. And obviously things can change. I wrote yeah. it last, like earlier last yeah. year, 2019. Um, so it's it, things do change and evolve and develop. So it's, it's as up to date as it could yeah. have been. Saying that... Uh, listeners it is not a like really dry scientific book it's actually a really lovely 
useful and very, very user-friendly book full of information and really nice recipes because you used to work at Good House. Yes. Yeah. So you're a cook as well. I mean, that's your background is you're a cook, you're a recipe developer, you're a recipe writer. So these recipes are not like written by scientists. They're written by someone who loves food as well, which is helpful. Yeah. So I read it, I read through it yesterday and I was like, this is great, you know, for me as well as someone who's been running for, I don't know, 10 odd years. And, and I just, as a cook and a recipe writer, I, I've always approached it in a very haphazard way mm-hmm. in terms of like, I'll get into it before a race. I'll sort of think about it, but I, like you, I've been online and I've read so many different things. Yeah. I literally, I'm like unpicking stuff and then going, just trying to like take out the sensible bits of, you know, um, exactly. So and I'm, I think, I, um, as runners, we spend so much time running that we don't have a lot of time to spend yeah. in the kitchen. Yeah. And so it's, I've tried to create recipes that are quick, that are functional, that yeah. are things you'll find in your cupboard, your fridge, or your local supermarket, rather than needing like to weird stuff, yeah, weird supplement. Exactly. I think one of the main messages that I got that you said w- is eat real food. Yeah. Basically, what does that mean? Um, so this is my <laughs> advice. Um, I've got one of those now. One of those jobs. I'm applying for jobs at the moment, but. Um, that if you sit down next to someone at a wedding, they're like, oh, what should I eat? And that's my like blanket response is like real food. It's very hard to overeat real food. Our bodies are so intuitive that they Mm. know what they need. Um, And by sticking to food in as it's, you know, natural-ish. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, It's a lot harder to a lot harder to overeat and we get the nutrients and the minerals and the the benefits um, from the food. In that way, rather than try, you know, the it, the best way to describe it is if you tried to eat a bag of avocado in their, you know, raw form, yeah. it's very difficult. Yeah. Put that with, you know, make it into guacamole and put it with tortilla chips, and I can eat the whole yeah. bag of tortilla chips <laughs> and be asking Seven for more avocados. guacamole. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I love guacamole, and I make it a yeah. lot at home. But if you if you put it with the sort of more manufactured the the salty, the mm. additives, it's a lot easier for us to just mindlessly eat. Yeah. So just trying to keep everything simple and think yeah. about what you're eating as you're eating it. Um, yeah. The other thing is um, that I've always liked the idea of, because it means me as a greedy person and a cook and someone who, who likes to go out and eat is portion sizes, because yeah. it means I can, I've always used that as a, as a, like my little yardstick for if I'm out or if someone's made me dinner and I'm, I'm sort of like, don't want to be overeating, I'll eat it, but I'll just eat less of it. Yeah. I mean, I think we, well, I grew up with that. You finish your plate. Yeah, exactly. Which is like, not always the In best, pain. Yeah, 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 not always the best, um, best response to us learning how to intuitively mm. eat. And so, yeah, it, portion sizes I think you know just the easiest way is like looking at your hand so you know your protein is your palm I do a fist for um carbohydrates it's a thumb for fat and I mean some things cross over so the avocado um I wouldn't just have a thumb I just I can't have only a thumb of avocado but (laughs) um you, but as a general rule, yeah, it's a lot got, easier. Like, pasta or rice, and exactly. Like, size of my fit, and actually, it's not. You might think, oh, well, that's tiny, but it actually isn't. No, when you put everything else with it, and then you throw some veg on as well. It's actually, exactly, you know. and I, I don't limit my veg intake. No. I will pile my plate high with veg yeah. because I think it's great source of nutrients I think that it's a good another good source of carbohydrates in our diet, especially as runners. We do need carbohydrates, mm. um, and you're 
you're filling up it's good fiber you're filling up on the good stuff rather yeah. than um you know overloading it with pasta or um you know le- less nutrient dense foods yeah. brilliant stick around to hear more nutritional tips for runners from charlie watson and then some other not like myth busting but the things that people always talk about yeah. when they're talking about running proteins so yeah. protein is i remember my again brother-in-law about eating you've got to eat protein within 20 minutes of doing a run yeah or you know so there's actually new evidence that yeah. suggests that we might not need to do that okay. and that as long as you meet your protein target for the day okay. which is um scientifically about between 0.8 is what the government suggests um up to about one 1.1 1. 1 grams of protein per kilogram body weight okay. per day so we ha- if you're very active I would increase your protein and take yeah. um up to like about one gram per kilogram and as long as we meet that target throughout the day there's yeah. su- the studies suggest that we might not need to have it within the first 30 minutes this window okay so the um, window is not necessarily no true but um but <laughs> it's good to it's if you're going to eat something then I guess you might yeah so then, yeah. we're looking for more of a, a carbohydrate to protein ratio right. after a workout so you're going to replenish your glycogen stores your energy yeah. stores of carbohydrates which is what fundamentally our body uses as mm. energy when we work out um and protein to help with the muscle repair so um even things as basic as like your your skinny latte after yeah. a workout is a carbohydrate and protein source. Oh, okay. um, so I think, you know, we, a lot of us get obsessed with the fact that maybe we need to have a protein shake afterwards, yeah. but it doesn't have to be as difficult as that. If you're having your lunch, which is salmon and um, couscous and vegetables, that's also a great protein carbohydrate yeah. source. We don't need to get as as obsessed, I don't think. Yeah, because there's a, there's a really interesting... Um, chapter about proteins and I was reading and you you explain it really simply about complete proteins yeah. which are the things that we really need because there's they contain nine essentially amino acids that yeah. we can only get through eating yes yeah, so our body can't make them yeah um and so mostly the complete proteins are animal products right. but there's also things like quinoa is a complete protein yeah um or you can mix and match your proteins so it's why rice and beans rice and peas you know are so mm. common because they become together eating them together become so the a complete protein, protein. In the rice and the protein and the bean makes yeah. a complete protein yeah so then you get all nine um, amino acids and you do go into it a little bit more detail in your book but not again not in a way that i mean in a way that i found really fascinating oh, and really easy to understand as yeah well. And talking about carbs, I mean, so much stuff out there about, you know, carb dodging and carb. Carbs are great, aren't they? They're yeah. so good for us. I we need carbs. them. Yeah, we we do need them. And they're, they're in so many items that we don't think about as well. Yeah. So they're in beans, they're in broccoli, they're in um, corn, that sort of thing. So I think when we think of carbs, mm. we think of them as bad things because when we think of them, we think of white pasta, of cake, of biscuits. Yeah. Um, but actually, carbohydrates should make up almost 50% of our um, overall yeah, yeah, dietary yeah, yeah. intake. Yeah. There are bodies preferred energy source which is so crucial for runners that we get enough carbs to fuel our bodies to run better and to run longer and faster and you know whatever you're training to do so maybe you know just seek out some of the the better carb sources and leave the chocolate biscuits they'll have (laughs) one yeah have a a couple (laughs) I would say so um you'd have that low glycemic index is like how fast your body can um 
utilize the carbs. And so most of the time I try and go for slow release. So um, low glycemic index carbs. Mm. So um, things like oats and brown rice and sweet potatoes. Sweet potatoes is a bit more medium. But um, after you've worked out, that's when you can go for something that's high GI so that Mm. you would get your energy replenished immediately. So if you mix, do a mixture of like low and high GI. So something that's a quick release so that's when to have your chocolate biscuit yeah but with something like um <laughs> you know have your your couscous or your um quinoa later yeah exactly <laughs> or have them have them together have them like have your dessert yeah. um dessert after your lunch so we were talking earlier about um the the gels that you didn't have the first time you've mm. got a great chapter on like making your own gels which is fab I love that I'm not sure I'd go that far but um, <laughs> I mean but, it's a lot of people complain about gels that they don't t- like the taste yeah, of them they're or, vile yeah, well I, I actually have found some that I quite have like you? but um, you can say what they are oh I mean, so I like this brand called Hummer gels they're actually quite difficult to get in the UK okay. so I ordered them on Amazon okay. um, and Hummer Hummer, H-U-M-A, oh, and they're a chia-based gel. Oh, great. And so that's actually what I've based some of the gels on in the book because they're quite difficult to buy. They end up being about four pounds wow. um, per gel, which is quite expensive when you're training um, for marathons multiple times a year yeah. if you like add up all of your yeah. long training runs <laughs> and your races. So part of, partly it's a cost saving. Yeah. Um, and it's such simple ingredients that you can just leave it bubbling what so what would be in a gel like typically i mean what's i mean the one in my um the gels that i've made i've used so i've used fruit and maple syrup chia seeds so it's about combining sugar sources oh, to see. um for the sugars and the carbohydrates to be released at different um like times basically mm-hmm. um so that it keeps you energized for longer mm-hmm. um and I don't know exactly what is in like a, a shop bought. Yeah. I mean, you but can look on the on the back, and it's got that. that yeah, so of they've been designed sugar. specifically to keep you going, and they. I mean, they are the perfect ratio, most of them, um, and they are the right amount of carbohydrates because mm-hmm. that's what you're looking for. Um, is it to be the right amount of carbohydrates, right amount of fuel per gram for you to take in mm. per half hour or 45 minutes or hour, whatever you've practiced with. That's also important as well, isn't it? That people realize that, say, for example, if you're doing a 10K, you probably won't need a gel. Yeah. So I say under an hour, you yeah. probably don't need anything. Yeah. Um, you need to feel beforehand. Yeah. Um, if I, well, there, there's two schools of thought of this. So that you can, you can um, train fasted and I would do that a lot of the times in training, but I wouldn't run a race so an all-out no. effort. So you can go, you can get up in the morning and go for a run without eating anything. Yeah, and I mostly do because yeah, I, I do just can't be bothered to wake yeah. up earlier. Or I'll have a coffee, which I'm sure exactly. Is like- <laughs> oh no, I do as well. I'll have a uh, what I have a like a coffee with milk, so I've yeah. got a bit of carbohydrate. Yeah. I've got my caffeine, a <laughs> little bit of like hydration, yeah. and off I go. And if you're just doing like a quick five k or something, that it's fine, and yeah. you won't you won't feel faint. You won't it it, it actually yeah. you can actually train your body into doing it. I think, and then when you do get you get up like I don't know two or three hours early on race day then and do have a bit of something first then you get that extra boost don't you exactly so um we were talking earlier about like the fueling rules and it's yeah so I would say under an hour you probably don't need don't need any fuel um and then one to three hours you want 30 to 60 grams of carbohydrate 
per hour. And then after that, you want 30 to 90 grams of carbohydrates per hour, depending on what you've... Okay. What you've trained Yes, with. exactly. I think that's the main thing is to practice during... Practice it, you don't don't just do it on the day. No, absolutely. all sorts of horrible things can Things happen. can go wrong. Because yeah. <laughs> a lot of them have got sort of extra caffeine yeah. and they can really turn your stomach. Yeah, so. and it's a lot of... A lot of sugar, a lot of carbohydrates yeah. to, to to dump into your stomach yeah, all at yeah, once yeah, with yeah, not yeah. a lot of a lot else yeah. mixed in, yeah. um, and it's you know it's like a straight shot. You have it in one go. Yeah, um, yeah it can be quite dodgy. <laughs> yeah, and also you need to see whether your the gels are the thick ones that yeah. you need water with, or whether oh. they are the ones that don't need water. Like the SIS gels don't need water. The High Five gels don't need water. Mm. The Goo gels and the Hummer, you, I definitely need water. Yeah, Otherwise, it's like a paste just, in oh, your it's mouth. So horrible. I remember like doing one race and um, trying to slam down a gel, and then literally like my mouth was so dry, <laughs> I just couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't swallow it. It was horrible. Yeah. And, so like making sure that you've worked out. When, when in the race the yeah. water stations are if you're relying yeah. on the energy like yeah. the energy stations yeah. because if you plan to take a gel every 30 minutes mm. but actually you're not hitting the water stations for 40 minutes mm. 10 minutes is a really long time to have you know this sickly um yeah, gel you in your mouth or it can also throw off your fueling strategy yeah. if you're then 10 minutes out every time so I ran Edinburgh Marathon in May and the stations were every 5k yeah. so I just changed my in practice, change my fueling strategy to be oh, every five k. Really interesting, like like doing a bit of research about mm. where everything is, and then just changing. Yeah. Um, let's talk about some re- like really really practical eating things because this is what I, this is purely selfish. This <laughs> is for me. Um, so I normally have. So if I, I, I've only ever done a half marathon. I've done a few half marathons. That's I've decided that is my that's my distance. I'm not going to amazing <laughs> half marathon is amazing. I think as runners we yeah. all say only, yeah. and I I do it as well. I'm like I only run marathons because there's people that run yeah. ultras. I think every runner is amazing. Like whether yeah. you choose to do five k's, ten k's, yeah. half marathons, whether you never do a race. But I but I definitely always get up and eat breakfast. And I would what I normally do is try and make sure I ate it kind of about three hours before so I wouldn't get stomach ache because I've but um my my go-to is a um bagel with peanut butter on or bagel with peanut butter and banana brilliant like the last one I did I felt that was quite heavy is what I mean what would be like I mean a bagel is quite like yeah somebody once told me that's like almost a loaf of bread like it's really (laughs) dense so I actually have English muffins which are quite similar um they are lower lower yeah it's quite nice lower less less stodgy um lower like it's less calories less carbohydrates so you do need to think about that in terms of your overall fueling strategy so I actually have two bananas so I'll have one with my um English breakfast and almond butter and then I'll have one probably 45 minutes before the race just a little bit before just yeah um or you could have something that's um like a carb drink Mm beforehand that's like oh, an easily yeah, digestible thing you if you're feeling need, like it sits yeah. heavy like the bagel sits heavily or just yeah. toast you do need to eat breakfast though don't you um I would say so the new NHS guidelines is okay. that if you oh, I mean I mean oh, before a race oh before a race yeah. I would absolutely yeah. eat before a race um a 5k not maybe not you, you um right, yeah. like often if I do park run and I'm even if I'm trying to race it I'll have a co- like a milky coffee yeah. as which is a carb protein yeah. source beforehand um but I would suggest yeah. fueling for your body to be in its, you know, best to be at its best before a race. Because you're if, if you're going all out, yeah. you're you need, you need something. You need something yeah. to go on. But um 
I think you were just about to say actually breakfast as a rule. Um, now it's it, it used to be like it's the biggest, it's the most important meal yeah. of the day. But not everyone's built the same, are they? Exactly. If you don't like breakfast, if you don't need breakfast, yeah. then you don't like studies show that actually we're just adding more calories to your day. To your day. Mm. So people that don't have breakfast eat often the same amount of calories throughout the day. Yeah. And so by us trying to be like, as dietitians, oh, you must eat breakfast, that we're just actually adding calories yeah. to the day that might not necessarily need. need yeah. So if it works for you and you don't feel like you need breakfast mm. or you can have a milky coffee and you're good to go, then stick with go it. it. Okay, yeah. Nice. And then um, in terms of like longer term fueling, um, when do you, so if you were doing like, I don't know, a 10K, a half marathon, a marathon, when would you start to, we, we always hear about carb loading, don't we? Yeah. Is carb loading a sensible thing? Is it a thing? Should we be doing it? Um, I do carb load for, um, for marathons, mm -hmm. but it's, I do it like, you know, between four and five days often before really? and just do it gradually so that you don't feel sluggish. Um, so you're just literally stepping up your carb yeah. intake. How much by? I mean, what do you? Um, I think, well, I usually add about a hundred calories extra per yeah. day. Um, in the lead up to a race in carbs um or... with more carby things right, so okay. um like adding a sports drink is actually a really good way okay. if you don't want to add more food bulk yeah um so adding things like um the the carbohydrate energy drink that you have trained with right. into your meal okay. into your week sorry yeah. um or just adding an extra a, an extra portion yeah. at one of your meals which is maybe less carb heavy or an extra snack per okay. day you don't want to be getting to race day and feeling weighed down because no. you because yeah. carbohydrates also help your body like make your body retain water yeah. which can make you feel like you're putting like on weight in, yeah exactly yeah and what about what about a sort of um I know a lot of people have got a kind of it's a bit like wearing your I don't know, your lucky socks or something, like a night before the race meal that they have. Have you got a particular one that you'll always have the night before a marathon? Um, I should say yes, but no. Really? I'm a bit relaxed. Had, like, yeah. That you just definitely had like pasta with. No, um, I've had like, I'm probably too relaxed about things like this and it's come to, you know, it's not been great. Um, I just try and stick to something that I've had before. So when I was in Tokyo, um, running the Tokyo oh Marathon, God. I had a burger and fries, um, right. sweet potato fries the yeah. night before the race um, <laughs> because I was, I was scared about actually having too much salt. Yeah. So if I'd got like... Because it dehydrates well, you. Well, yeah, or, it can, yeah, it can dehydrate you. And also I just wasn't used to having sushi or fish yeah. the night before. Um, but yeah, I'll typically have... I'll typically have... Um, chicken sausage um, <laughs> pasta and in like a tomato sauce yeah. but I'm yeah I'm quite relaxed about it I think I've I got think quite a good iron stomach you've done all of the um you've done that six marathon challenge haven't you Was yeah it Tokyo so Chicago Boston New York um London and Berlin Yes, all know. the marathon majors. Yeah, yeah exactly. I know because my brother-in-law is trying to do it at the minute. So he's done like, he's doing New York and he's done Berlin. 
and London. So yeah, it's getting harder and harder to get into all of them. I, yeah, think, I think as it as it grows with popularity. Yes, when you finished a race, um, obviously if you've done a marathon, you can just go and eat whatever the hell you want. It's up to you know you can go and have your pint of Guinness and your yeah your pie or your massive Sunday roast, which is what I always do. Um, but when you're generally refueling when you're training, I mean, what is what would be the most sensible thing to have? Say you've just done like I don't know, like a, a a 10 mile run or a 15 mile run what would be the best thing to do other than for me have to spend about an hour just trying to for my stomach to calm down oh no I, I find it really difficult to eat straight yeah I think people are in like two schools so much. people yeah. either can't eat or yeah. I am always you. so Amen. hungry <laughs> and I'll talk about what I want to eat and people that I'm running with are like can you not I feel really unwell mm. and I'm like no I'm gonna have this and this and this um so in, in general, I would say that if, you, if you've just finished your marathon and that's your goal race, yeah, eat what you want. Yeah. If you've just finished a training run and you are going to run the next day or you've yeah. got another workout a day or two later, then you want to give your body the best fuel to recover and yeah. to get ready to go again, basically. And so that's this like um, three to one carbohydrate to protein ratio. Okay. So whatever that is for you, whatever you feel like eating or is quick, easy for you mm. to grab and go um whether that's like a recovery shake mm. or as you say like you know roast chicken with potatoes and root vegetables yeah. it, again it comes so back it to the portion sizes it would be a bit more carb than you would you would on a normal meal and yeah then, yeah so sort of three, depending on again what you've yeah. so what if you're you've having eaten. sort of like i don't know stew with rice you would have you would have like a one one part stew and three parts rice um, three to one. I'm just trying to trying to visualize it in my head. So I'd stick to a, like a portion a portion of rice, yeah. um, and then I would just load up on my sort of more starchy vegetables for oh, okay. that in so that way. A bit more carby, yeah. Um, but again, it's what you your body can manage yeah. because you don't want to be force feeding yourself you and feel unwell. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you just want to eat enough so you feel like you wake up the next day and you feel good. Yeah, exactly. So if that means having a smaller thing for you, if you yeah. not, don't feel well, having a smaller snack or oh, even okay. drink yeah. in a, with a good a ratio, bit, yeah. like, you know, within the first hour or something, just so that you don't feel so sluggish afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then having a meal later a meal on. Later on yeah. yeah. Um, I think it's about working out what works best yeah. for you um so whether you have a milky coffee when yeah. you finish if that's something you can stomach or yeah. um an oat bar or something like that often people don't want to go and have their massive race I can go literally from marathon finish line straight into Shake Shack <laughs> and literally demolish yeah. it I think immediately that's, that's one of the messages I got from your book as well and and the reason why it's such sensible advice is you kind of understand that we're all so different yeah. and that, you know, nutritional advice is not a just catch all for you can't just, everybody's got a different way of approaching stuff. Everyone's got a different way of recovering. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think you've got it covered. Um, just to say, um, that you've got chapters in on fuel breakfast, 20 minute meals, like you said, for people who can't be asked to cook when they get back from their run yeah or just that we, we've all got so little time and it's and yeah. people have kids and other responsibilities other than yeah. running it's our hobby so yeah but there's so much information in there and again there's so much sensible information in there that I, that even someone like me who gets a bit bored when someone's not talking about nutrition can really easily grasp and take away news in a practical way so um 
the book is out is it jam december so it's already out december it's already yeah Yeah. so um out in december and it's called cook eat run by charlie watson and it's published by quadrille yeah yeah cool um so yeah if anyone's out there thinking about kicking off your running um well i would urge you to go and do couch to 5k because it's brilliant it's one of the most sensible programs and it takes 12 weeks and in 12 weeks you'll be running a 5k without dying Mm -hmm. Um, and then go and buy charlie's book (laughs) yeah (laughs) and take on a little bit more sensible eating advice um yeah and enjoy the new year but thank you so much for coming to chat no thank you and yeah if anyone has any questions they can find me on instagram as well your instagram handle is at the runner beans yes exactly and feel free to um slide into the dms and i'm (laughs) happy to try and help answer any any questions brilliant thank you so much thank you so that was the old magazine podcast if you like this episode please review and rate us we'd love to hear from you if you'd like to find out more information on things in this episode you can visit our website olivemagazine.com you can pick up a copy of our brand new january issue on the newsstand now or go and download the app version bye for now and we'll be back next week with more food and drink chat